Um, hey guys, I'm Anton Lopraff. I'm a co-founder of Omano, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I've got a, a great uh, CEO and co-founder of a mobile app company. It's a mobile production and consulting company called Cubop. And her name is Chai Hu. And she is uh, going to talk to us about her journey with mobile and uh, all the exciting stuff that she's getting on. And it's going to be very inspirational. Uh, Chai, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here. Uh, just first of all, for the benefit of any any doubt, you, you are uh, in San Francisco, is that right? That's right. In, how in how awesome is that? How awesome is that to live there? <laughs> it's crazy here. It's crazy. I've, I've lived in Silicon Valley for about, um, I, I think, going on 12, 13 years now. And um, it's gone through different phases of I got here during the bust and then um, boom and then a small bust in 2008 and now we're back in the boom times again. So yeah, so, so so when you go like somewhere else, you know, maybe outside of San Francisco, perhaps traveling, did you uh, get to the point where you're saying, oh, no, I, I, I can't get a, an Uber or, um, you know, I can't <laughs> get my food delivered to the front door? It is, it is a different world here. I will totally admit that um, for good and for bad. You know, there's, there's definitely two different ways that one can look at it. Um, one is it's nice to be in the middle of all of this excitement. Um, the, other, the other part of it, though, is um, you have to realize we have some really high rents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know there's a lot of uh, apps to tribe listeners right now who would love to have your lifestyle living in San Francisco. So it's great to hear you talk about it. But, you know, I'd love to know about Cubop as well, what you've got going on there. So we are a boutique mobile design and um, development company. So we, mo- we design mobile apps and for larger companies and we've also made our own products um we started off being a more typical startup we had dreams of making you know our own apps and becoming the next you know gaming mobile gaming startup and we pivoted yeah i mean, i've actually spoke to quite a few entrepreneurs who have mixed doing their own stuff with uh, doing work for clients. It it just so happens, I guess, that you when you pivoted, you realized that uh, you know all these skills and, and it's easier for you to then get a regular income from charging other clients to build apps. That is pretty much what it, it came down to. Um, we realized that we were spending all this time trying to get investment. And, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of a company when you build it that way. And we, we, we said, okay, wait, what if instead of spending all this time pitching VCs and pitching angel investors, we actually got people to pay us for the expertise that we have in mobile? And like you, mobile apps. I was, yeah, I was, was going to ask you with the uh, price, uh, have you seen a deterioration in what you can charge for apps? I know that uh, when I started looking into building apps for others and, and getting quotes, uh, it seemed to be extremely expensive. And then, you know, obviously with more competition, the prices seem to have fallen. What, what viewpoint do you have on 
what we can charge now for building the apps for uh, others? So um, there's a few different things. I mean, a lot of times lately, we've actually taken over more um, legacy projects. So projects that were outsourced to, let's say, in India or um, you know, overseas, China, for example. And the quality just wasn't there. And so what um, we do is we go in and rehabilitate the projects. And at that point, it's an easier conversation about pricing because they've already spent all this time and they haven't gotten the result they wanted. Yeah, I almost feel like, uh, again, it's one of those challenging things whether to take on those projects. We've spoken with uh, other agencies who sometimes shy away from those types of projects because <laughs> you have to go in and just sort the mess out. It, it must be hard work. Do you, do you actually refuse certain uh, projects? Um, we definitely have, you know, especially if we know that we are in competition with, um, you know, the, it, we're in a pricing war, for example, with some um, outfits overseas. Um, you know, we don't compete in that way. So I, I know what you mean when you say, oh, you know, the, the pricing is different. But I mean, a lot of times we just say, you know what? Great, we understand that you really want to look at just the price. Um, you know, go for it. We wish you great luck. Um, you know, and quietly, I'm kind of saying, call us in six months. <laughs> so, we've got a lot of indie app developers, solopreneurs, apppreneurs listening to this. They're trying to make money on the app store. It's very challenging. A lot of the money is concentrated uh, in the top publishers, and we don't seem to get our money on or our hands on that money. Uh, and we inevitably go to freelance work and build apps for others. So have you got any tips for anyone who's uh, trying to supplement their income by uh, almost, first of all, how do you get the clients? How do you win them? Perhaps you can give us some tips to, to help <laughs> us out. So, 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 I mean, you actually asked two questions, which were kind of interesting. So one was, you know, how do you make money in the app store anymore? And the answer is, it is very challenging. It's very different from 2008, where you could put anything out and you would just get immediate numbers of users and attention. Um, you know, if it was anyway, anything halfway decent. And I actually know people who are doing well with that because they got in early and they can transfer the users from one app to the, to the next one, you know, their next release. They kind of take their users with them. Um, but it, it's hard to do that now. And you do have to kind of go through the ad networks and, you know, I'm sure you've covered this before and I'm not saying anything new. Um, so how do you get started with how we got started with doing um, consulting is we started just talking to people that we knew and saying, hey, you know, we, we make great apps. You know, we've made some really fun, nice looking games and nice looking apps. You know, we were also making utilities on our own and that and that having that to show was really helpful. So a lot of it was, you know, it's, it's legwork. It's going out, talking to people and saying, hey, here's what we can do. I mean, you, you kind of have to have both, right? You have to have example work and you also have to have um, this sort of willingness to go out and talk to lots of people and say, here's what I can do. Do you need this? 
Yeah, I guess it, I guess it's an advantage being there in in the heart of Silicon Valley because you've got you know a lot of potential clientele that you could physically meet and take uh, you know some devices with you and, and physically show them. Uh, have you got any tips on how to uh, present your portfolio then in, in the best light to to win over business? Um. Well, one one other thing that I know has worked for um, people that we've worked with is to go out to the local colleges and also just local um, small institutions and saying, you know what, I can offer you, you know, a somewhat maybe low cost app. Here's what I can do for you. Would you be interested? And then building it that way. You don't have to be here in the Valley. So I can, so, t- I can tell you what, Chai, that the, one of the biggest challenges I find, I, I was building apps for some clients. Um, you know, I still do. Uh, the biggest challenge I find, uh, maybe you can speak to this, is the uh, idea of quoting for the job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so many times where you put a lot of effort into, you know, trying to figure out what the client needs, what their ultimate goal is, and to put a quote in and then to never hear from them again. What, what, you know, what tips do you have to try and avoid that, that kind of waste of time? <laughs> well, I would, I would say um, if you can, avoid the written quote until you can get a yes on the budget. So talk to them very carefully and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking, ballpark amount that I want. Is that doable? And oftentimes that will give you a good sense of whether or not they'll come back to you. Because if you just send them a written quote, you're right. You know, you don't know if you're in the ballpark of what they were thinking budget-wise. And you've spent all this time, you spent days or weeks, you know, doing the requirements gathering and, you know, putting together a nice looking quote and, you know, breaking it down and here's the cost. And, and suddenly, you know, you don't hear back. And it's, it is very frustrating. Yeah, because I do feel like sometimes you, 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 I guess it's hard to try and figure out who's a likely prospect and who's just playing you because you may get, <laughs> uh, you know, some guy who's got $1,000 in the bank and he's got a couple of quotes from India and the Philippines and then just wants to try it out, you know, and try and get somewhere locally to build an app and, and gets really shocked when it's coming back as a quote of $10,000, $15,000, you know, so. Yeah, and I think I think the, the question that you you need to ask is, hey, you know, how much are you thinking budget-wise? And if they kind of hem and haw and go, uh, you, you have to say, look, this is, this is what I usually charge. And you'll, you'll lose some business that way. But, you know, ultimately, if you want to make this a real business, you, you, you have to do that. So I also noticed on your stand, uh, sorry, your website that you uh, uh, have a stand at one of the shows. How, how important is it to get out there and uh, have a, a physical presence at a lot of the exhibitions and trade shows? So I think it's important to go to trade shows. I'm not necessarily sure if as a small app developer it makes sense to get an actual, um, you know, sort of, stand as you say or you know it, it, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really make sense to pay the conference um, organizers if you're a small app developer it just doesn't 
go to the trade shows, go to the places where you think your customers might be and um, talk to people and just say, hey, this is what I do. Um, and, you know, really network. But I would say if, if, as a small app developer just starting out, it's not worth the, you know, whatever thousands of dollars it is. To, yeah. To These are so expensive, aren't they? I, I mean, I've actually in the past uh, um, done something called lobby crashing, where you just go and uh, head out to the <laughs> hotel and use Twitter and uh, you could tweet people inside the conference and they meet up with you and you have chats and, and then everyone kind of gravitates towards the bar at the end of the day anyway. And you realize you've just saved like two, three thousand dollars <laughs> and you've, you've, you've actually. And that's a big deal as a small app developer. I mean, you know, you, you, as I think where, if you really want to build a small app business and let's say you're just doing it on the side, it's really a good idea just to go through the networks that you already have. And, you know, if you're really just starting out and you don't have a lot of examples to show of examples of work, you know, go to a local, um, a local small organization that you really believe in and you want to support and say, look, you know, I can do this for, you know, very, you know, very little money. You know, obviously you probably still want to be paid. Um, but you know, just say, look, you know, I can get you a mobile presence. Are you interested? And that way you can build up a small portfolio. I wouldn't do that for more than like two or three and then start getting the, um, you know, the sort of you're already established I've already done work for these people. Wouldn't you like me to do more work? Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. And <laughs> I think, you know, this is a fascinating chat because you're doing a lot of, you know, what my listeners could, could potentially be doing on the side, which is taking, you know, the occasional project to, to supplement uh, their uh, income. And, it just makes it a lot easier, especially if, you know, anyone's thinking about uh, j jumping from a corporate and working on their own in this business. It does seem like the sensible step is to start building apps for others who are taking the risk financially that the app is going to succeed or fail. Uh, and that brings me to this this point, which uh, is always really tough. You know, a, a lot of clients have got no idea, like no clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, how, you know, how do you work with those types of clients who just simply, you know, have, have spent all the, their e-commerce career in, in websites and website design and, and sometimes just don't put the money into the app and you have to work with them. How do you work with those those clients who are really naive? Well, the way I, I go in and I say, look, we're the mobile experts. That's why you're paying us. Um, you know your business. I don't pretend to know your business. I don't need to know a lot about your business. I just need to know enough that I can make you a great app. So I go in and our team goes in and we learn what, um, what the business looks like and what kind of workflows are in it. You know, is there, is there a particular reason why they're looking at a mobile app? And then we design it around that, the app. Um, around that use case. And do you actually help with marketing the apps as well? We have, yes. And, uh, and that's yeah. another challenge, right? And, and that is the other reason why you want to partner with other companies at this point if you want to get into the app store. You want them to put marketing muscle behind your app. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the way it's being nowadays. <laughs> it, it's so challenging, isn't it? Because like you can imagine like a, a conversation, hey, can you build me an app? And by the way, I want you to, uh, you know, I want to get hundreds of thousands of downloads and you're going to do that for me, right? With through, you know, your expertise. <laughs> uh, and I want it done for $5,000, please. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we've had those conversations and we say, well, Thank you for your interest. Um, I, I think we're not quite the right group for you. Yeah, and that, that just have you have to be brave sometimes, I guess, to walk away from those specific conversations that you just know are going to be uh, leading down the wrong path and, and, and leading to headaches. Uh, you know, we don't want to encourage people to leave their corporate jobs to start an app agency. You know, and then three months down the line, be pulling their hair out because they're working with a bunch of clients that they shouldn't have taken on in the first place. Um, is, it, is it worth um, targeting specific types of niches, like any any sp- specific uh, category of client? Um, we we don't. I mean, we work with all kinds of um, all kinds of clients. We have hospitality clients. We've had healthcare clients. We've had um, you know business to business. <laughs> I mean, we we've had the sort of we run the gamut. Um, and what it really comes down to for us as an organization is we've decided that we're the mobile experts and we don't have to understand that particular vertical to go into it because we understand the mobile business and that's what we do best. Um, you know, our clients don't really need to become experts in mobile. They don't, you know, like they don't need to be keeping up with the latest, greatest, um, and they don't need to be keeping up with what's going on with Apple and what's going on with Android and, you know, what's the newest version of Android? What can it do? They don't need that headache. That's, that's a full-time job in itself, as we all know. So, you know, we just go in and say, look, we understand mobile. We will be on the cutting edge. You don't have to do this part. We've got that part. You can focus on your core business. Now, we just have to understand your core business well enough to make you an app. And here's the other one that's a big challenge uh, is the getting paid. And (laughs) I've actually had clients uh, who haven't paid in the past, you know, and I do you have any guidance on how best to structure the, you know, the the relationship, uh, especially if it's someone new that you haven't worked with before? Um, One thing, if you're small and just starting out, get a percentage up front. And that way you'll weed out a lot of people who might not be serious. Yeah, so something like 50%, I guess, that, is that quite aggressive? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty much what you have to do, right? If it's someone new, you haven't worked with them before, you have no idea if they're going to pay you, um, you know, you say, okay, well, you know, I want, I want 50% up front. And then, you know, you don't, um, you don't deliver all of it. You know, let's say let's say that the the um, then you put uh, you can put like different milestones in place and make sure you get paid before the next thing goes forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. And the other big uh, challenge is the app store and and how do you deal with the possibility of not getting approved with Apple? <laughs> Um, a few things. So one thing is when someone comes to us and says, we want to do, you know, X kind of app, we think about, okay, is this going to cause problems, you know, with, with the app stores? And if the answer is yes, we warn them about it. 
And if they still want to move forward, then we say, okay, um, you have to understand that we're not taking responsibility for that. If it gets rejected and it has to be changed, then there will be a change order and you'll have to pay us more to change it. Um, or if they're willing to, you know, if there's somebody we know, we've worked with them before, we say, you know, look, you know, here's, here's some snags that you might run into with what your idea is. Um, here's what we've seen before. I mean, this is what I mean by, you know, we're the mobile experts. Like we've seen some of this stuff before. We've seen what gets reacted to in the, in the um, approval process. How do we help you make sure you don't run into that? And we're usually pretty confident in, in, our, um, in our advice. And if it gets followed, then we go, okay, you know, we can, we can work with that. It's not a problem. Does that make sense? It does. And Chai, I was just thinking what I've heard before that some boutique uh, companies do actually take a small stake in the app at an early stage to try and help reduce the upfront cost of, of building an app, which can sometimes be quite uh, expensive. Do you, mm -hmm. do you ever entertain that idea? <laughs> Generally, no. And have you have you lived to regret that or <laughs> <laughs> actually have not so right okay yeah it's always a you it's can imagine like building the next uh, right you know are you are you that kind of a person yeah uh, yeah it's um well i mean it's the risk of something you know possible i mean i guess you you probably had those conversations but just that's not you taking the risk it's the, you know the client that, that they've done the uh, homework and they, they should have a better feel for whether their app that they're paying for is going to be something that's successful yeah generally speaking um i we actually have not taken i mean we've been offered equity stakes and we have not taken it um because i mean you know given where we are um i have to pay people so it doesn't make sense for me to do that. You know, just the number of conversations I've had with uh, potential uh, entrepreneurs, appreneurs who think that someone's going to be jumping all over their app and taking <laughs> an equity stake and, and you'll be getting this app, you know, built for free because you're giving away 5% of it. it, it they're just right. living in cuckoo land in a way, I think, you know. But uh, yeah. a lot of people do think that. No, I mean, you know, you, you definitely get that a lot, right? You get people who come to you and say, oh, oh. I got this great idea for an app. You just have to build it and you can have 50%. We've gotten that. And I'm like, thank you, but no. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that's after about three or four NDAs that you have to sign, you know, beforehand, <laughs> and, uh, which uh, yeah, is quite I, funny. I, I, I've gotten very careful about signing NDAs now. Um, I mean, as a, uh, here's the thing as a small, um, you know, as a small app company, um, you kind of have to, you know, be a little cautious about that. And it's not, it's not like, oh, whatever. Um, you, you really make sure there's an opportunity and really make sure it's actually necessary to sign one. And a lot of times, you know, at least in the Valley now, there's this sort of like, no one's going to take your idea. Like, don't send an NDA. You're kind of not serious if you do. Yeah. And I guess it's the execution of the idea that, you know, people forget it's not the idea itself. But, and also there's just so many ideas that are, are genuinely you know, similar to lots of other ideas, I was just literally, just literally before this call uh, had someone um, present an idea that was um, very similar to a past guest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and you can imagine if you sign an NDA and then you realize that you have a conflict there, you know, down mm -hmm. the line that uh, and it's just a, a tricky business. So uh, good guidance. Yeah, and, and always make it a mutual NDA and, you know, just just here's. Here's the other other hint that I have. 
I know, you know, for small app developers, it's hard to, to part with money when, um, you know, you're, you're looking at contracts. For heaven's sakes, pay somebody like a lawyer, a real one. <laughs> Just pay a lawyer, pay them for half an hour of their time, have them look stuff over. Have them draw up the documents. You know, don't try to be a lawyer on your own. It's not a good idea. Yeah, and don't do what I do, which is just grab uh, the first uh, document off Google that you can find. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> I mean, it, you know, find find a decent lawyer in your area, pay them the few hundred dollars an hour, and just say, okay, here's what I'm doing. Take a look at this contract. Let me know if there's something in there that will bite me later. Because, you know, you don't, you know, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't, I read a document, a contract, and I go, oh, that sounds okay. And the lawyer says, no, 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 no. That means, you know, that if they cancel the contract, then you'll have to pay them to finish it. And it's like, oh, that sounds very bad. <laughs> well, actually, just on that, we've had a past guest, uh, Kiffany Staley, who uh, uh, does a lot of work with uh, app developers and uh, small creatives. So uh, if anyone's listening to this and uh, needs a lawyer uh, taking up your guidance, then they can go to my past episode. Uh, so that there, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye, Chai. And uh, one is that we are uh, really into new ideas. And, uh, you know, as app developers, we'd love to try and tease out from you an idea for an app. And uh, I'm wondering if you, you have an idea. If you do, great. If you don't, there's a, we can actually you know, f go down another route. But did you have an app idea that you're happy to share with us? Um, I don't have anything specific. But I can say that um, as a general rule, if you're looking for how do I get a great app that will get traction, find a way to remove friction. And what I mean by that is if there's somebody who's doing a lot of work with pen and paper and you know about it, see if there's a way that you can make a mobile app do that work. Um, if there's like scheduling things that need, um, you know, sort of a lot of coordination and phone calls, like how can you make that a smoother process? And really think about the user experience. Um, I mean, I think, I think that that kind of um, thinking is what's needed with mobile right now because you have this little pocket computer that knows where you are, has access to your contacts, knows your schedule. I mean, there's all this stuff that it, it can do for, for somebody um, either, you know, in the sort of corporate way or in their personal life. And you kind of, you know, try to solve your own problem whatever that might be. Like, is there a place in your life where you go, oh my gosh, if I could just have something that would help me track this. So almost like, how about this for an idea then? Uh, if it knows all this information about you, can we arrange it to predict that uh, we are, perhaps um, we need to text our mum because we're not at home and we should be worried <laughs> about us or yeah, some sort of automated system where, it can look at behavior and just try and figure out, hey, you're normally at home at this time of night and you're stuck on a, you know, there's a traffic jam near you and we can see that. Can we just send an automated uh, message to your wife or to, you know, your your parents or something, you know, to say, don't worry? 
I think I think something like that, and that's that's kind of what I mean. Like, there's all this information that is um, being held in this little pocket computer that didn't exist just you know a few years ago, and now we all have it. Okay, this is an amazing idea. I do think that someone should build this, right? You, you know, it you, it um, it pulls in the traffic feed, and if you are stuck in traffic, it will look at what's next in your diary, and it will then look in your contacts and send a message without you having to do anything. I would totally buy that. <laughs> so would I. There you go. Apps to Tribe, that is your next project. Uh, work on it, please. Uh, the final thing is that uh, this is the App Guide podcast. So we do love finding out about new apps. Uh, you must uh, have a phone near you. Do you have one or two apps on your phone that you could recommend to us that uh, would be in, a, in your personal or business life that could possibly a new rec- recommendation for us um well i have i have one that's been around for a little while but i still use it it's called mobile day and if you put all of your information um about the call into your calendar it automatically sucks it in and when it's time for the call all you have to do is press the button and it will do all the dial in for it. you know that complicated dial in system that you have to do for a lot of these um, conference call systems, you know, where you, like, you have to dial in the number and then you have to put in the meeting number and da, 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 da. it actually parses all of that through your calendar. One click and you can, you can be in the call. It's a great app for that. It's, it also does some nice things like, you know, email all the attendants and all the attendees and say, Hey, I'm, I'm running late or, you know, whatever it is you need to do. It's, uh, it's but it doesn't there. say that you're stuck in traffic and, and sends out an it automated. Does not. No, this is all just <laughs> just around conference calls. It has nothing to do with location. <laughs> right. There you go. There could be a feature that you could actually add to mobile. So I'll make sure that I put a link to that uh, that you've mentioned on to my website for your show notes. So uh, for you listening, uh, go to uh, theappguy.co and search out episode uh, 243 with uh, Chai Hu and you'll see uh, a, a link to that recommendation and also uh, links to your uh, profiles and website but uh, how best can we reach out and connect with you Chai what's the best way to get in touch um, the best way to get in touch is probably email um, I, I'm always on email so chai at qbop.com great well it's been so inspirational. I'm very jealous of your location and also the <laughs> fact that uh, you, you did a wise thing, which is you started helping others with apps uh, rather than uh, go bankrupt, you know, trying to create the next um, Flappy Bird clone. So, uh, <laughs> And uh, it's just been so delightful chatting to you. Thanks very much for an inspirational episode. Yeah, thank you.